Wyatt, and welcome back to Mo Better Business or Mob. Today we are talking about the changing nature of consulting. I'm here with my co-host Tahir Jones. How's everybody doing? And we're excited to talk to you today about kind of the old way of doing consulting and freelancing and some of the things that we're seeing pop up that are in Web3 that are completely new. Brain trust being the one that kind of stands out. So before we go into a little bit of what we're seeing kind of in Web3 with consulting and kind of the ways in which freelancing is being handled, let's take a look at kind of what is the standard today. So anybody who, who knows kind of tech and freelancing knows that, you know, Upwork and, and similar platforms like it kind of dominate the space, right? So we typically don't if you run a consulting agency or if you are simply a freelancer, typically you're not going to do it through LinkedIn. You're not going to send your resume into um, a hiring manager. It's going to be through some personal network or it's going to be through Upwork. So here, why don't you kind of set the table and kind of walk us through your experience? What has been your experience with Upwork and similar platforms? Yeah, Upwork is a is a platform that, you know, gives people access on both ends. So on the side of the freelancer, it gives you access to potential people who have gigs, you know, employment for you potentially. And it's a centralized place to manage that process. For the hiring, on the hiring side, you have, you know, ostensibly workers throughout the entire world that you can tap. You can kind of leverage the fact that the uh, exchange rates, the value of the dollar, for example, against some other currencies might be favorable in that, in that kind of transaction. And especially in the in a digital space and a digital paradigm, which we all kind of live in at this point from a work perspective, these are platforms that allow you to both sides to easily meet one another, right? And and to a large degree, they do a good job of it. They're generally very expensive though, and expensive meaning, you know, you're gonna give up twenty to forty percent sometimes on either side, right? To do business on these yeah. platforms and to and to transact. So you know, we'll talk about what crypto and what blockchain, how that's kind of affected that process. But then there's the other piece, which is the traditional kind of companies, like they're essentially agencies, but they can place people quickly and they have a, a huge database of people that they can call on to potentially place folks in, in businesses. And, you know, the markup on that is huge. So from the perspective of the worker, for example, or for the freelancer, you're clearly not making as much as you might if you were working directly with the company and the company is paying an inflated price, an inflated rate because of that middleman. So I think, you know, that's kind of a segue into yeah. really how blockchain and crypto can affect that. Like really what you're removing is the need for the middleman, which means that there's more money to play with. There's a bigger pool of funds to play with, meaning, you can acquire talent at a lower rate and talent can get paid at a higher rate. And it's kind of a win-win situation for, for both sides. So, yeah, definitely. I think five, 10 years ago, Upwork was kind of revolutionary for what it was doing. I think if you were in the tech space before that, right, it really was just kind of like shooting off resumes and hoping and praying and, and looking at someone's LinkedIn profile and, and hoping that the person's face was actually who they say they were. So let's not to knock Upwork. I think some of the issues, though, that we, we kind of see in this current kind of centralized approach is to what Tia was saying is the fees are kind of exorbitant. You're taking 20% 
from the businesses side and then they take percentages from the contractor side as well. That's a problem. There's also the issue of there's kind of this weird, almost like a 2080 rule where it's like 20% of the talent gets 80% of the work, right? People really don't want to deal with anybody who doesn't have like a 90, you know, 90 to 95% upscore rating. No one has any insight into how they're rated. So you can't really, if you get a bad review or if you're looking at someone who's like, ah, I don't know if they're, they can do the work. There's no kind of insight or opacity into, well, why is this person ranked so low? What are some of their issues? What are they working on? It's kind of just like a death sentence for the freelancers. So I look at that and it's like a very centralized approach. There's no insights into kind of what goes into the ranking. And you're left with a very small talent pool who essentially has all the bargaining power because they know that, you know, they have a hundred percent upscore rating and they can pick and choose the projects that matter to them. So that's kind of the old paradigm starting to see what a decentralized approach really means. And, and what I mean kind of by that is meaning that there's not one company who sits in the middle and essentially dictates and vets talent. So one of the early people, because again, this is a very early space, Web3 and, and crypto are still kind of the ground and the map is still being formed. But the companies that I'm looking at, is, there's one that's called Brain Trust. And something that they're doing is essentially, it's decentralized vetting. So there's not one kind of behind the, the cloak algorithm that vets the talent. It's kind of based on a series of different companies that look at community certifications, leveling people up. So a very different approach for how to think about you know, whether someone is talented or not, is it basically kind of knowledge of the crowd or is it some kind of company that keeps it shrouded? Those are kind of the two ways that we're looking at it. So what are your thoughts? I know you kind of took a look at Brain Trust. You run an agency. What are your initial thoughts? I think it's mad interesting. I mean, the thing obviously is, again, we were talking about the middleman, right? Yeah. There's so much bloat in these transactions. And when you think about what a platform is actually doing, like an Upwork, they're Again, on the hiring side, they're handling payroll. They're handling a lot of the vetting that, you know, a recruiter would normally do, right? Or they have services, add-on services that are recruiting, ancillary to recruiting services, right? So to be able to vet and to incent, like another thing that I thought was really interesting about what Databricks is doing is issuing a token or issuing, yeah, you know, issuing parts of a token to incent people, to incent workers to do better work and to make better recommendations because it's generally increasing the value. So one of the things we talk about a lot on Mob is ownership, right? And having a stake in the projects that we're involved with and the places we work, how does that happen? And I think they're touching on that right? By incenting people to recommend those who are likely to make the token more valuable means that the work in general is better. It means that maybe there's yeah. less of a need for upfront cash in these transactions. Maybe there are new ways to compensate people that give them uh, more skin in the game. And I think it makes a ton of sense. And like, it, there's clearly a shift that's happening right now in terms of people and, and work and how they perceive work. And I, I think this speaks to that really well. And I think it's inevitable yeah. that things are gonna go in that direction, right? Because people are not gonna continue to be underpaid. People aren't gonna continue to pay middlemen 
for things that maybe a collective or a community can do. And I, that's kind of what Databricks is getting at too, right? Like, So I think the one of the central things that they're doing is essentially, I think you touched on it a little bit of like, you know, the issuing of the token and that versus the typical referral bonus, quote unquote, that people receive. You know, no one ever gets that referral bonus. It's, it's some ridiculous number and the number of people or employees in any system that ever get a bonus for referring a friend or anything like that, right? But I think of that as like, it's a one-time payment. You're being significantly underpaid, right? Let's say they give you a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand $5,000, right? In reality, that employee is really worth a factor of 10 times more than that. You're getting one-tenth of the value for referring someone. On top of that, the difference in, in kind of this new blockchain model with referrals is you're given essentially equity in what the whole thing is. It's not like a one-time little off payment. It's you're getting a token that's equity in the entire community, right? So you can instantly, if you want, you can cash out right away, right? You refer someone, you get the, you just say, I got this BCRT token, but really I just want the money right now. But for the people who are more savvy and who see themselves as really building the community, if you refer 10 people, right? In a typical system, you might get 40,000, 50,000 for those 10 people, right? That's not a year's salary for technical workers. But if you refer 10 people on a new network in a new community, that might be the difference. That might be your retirement fund, right? If that token does well enough. So I think it's this whole role of what does equity mean for people who are not of the C-suite class, right? We're not at a point, I think, where people who are quote unquote unskilled workers or kind of low tech workers are getting equity, but we are seemingly at this weird tipping point where the highly technical, highly skilled, the designers, the project managers, the engineers have an opportunity to really have ownership. And I don't mean like your stock vests over six years and you have no idea what the size of the pool is and who knows what you just signed away with when you got the vet the equity. This is actual kind of transparent. There's a token, there's white papers released about it way. And you can obviously, you're not like having to hold the token for four years before it vests at this percentage, right? Complexity that's designed to keep people uninformed. This is like, you know right away what your value is and the commitment to the community dictates how well, how much ownership you have. So that's, I mean, I can't speak enough to that. You know, I'm always kind of going on about how people need to get by, you know, crypto and, and stuff like that. But even if you don't do that, if you join a community and how you're compensated is through a token and it's a freelancer community, which is where everything is moving towards kind of remote freelancing work. Think about this before you create your next Upwork, your next Lemon, whatever, Toptal profile. Think about, am I just investing my time and basically making a few executives at Upwork rich? Or am I building a community that I'm really taking a chance on myself? Something to consider. For sure. And to be frank, like this model encourages the behavior that you want people to take, right? It's going to encourage the type of behavior that's going to make an organization, a community successful, right? It really does speak to addressing a model, right? The model of work we know is broken, especially in certain industries. Imagine if restaurant workers who are sometimes paid like you know, sub-minimum wage because there's this expectation that they're going to get tipped. I mean, imagine what that might look like. Imagine what teacher compensation might look like if there are a way to tie outcomes to a certain amount they have vested in in a token, right? 
for their school district or whatever or whatever it is. The applications are, are really limitless, but it really does speak to a democratization of work and a removal of the middleman. And in so many industries, it really is the middleman, middle person, the bloat in between the person who is creating the thing and the people who would be the consumers of that thing. There's so much bloat between those two entities. And what blockchain offers is the opportunity to remove that middleman entity. So, you know, that might make lawyers nervous and maybe accountants nervous, but I think there's this huge upside, right? Like think about compliance, think about how much smoother things could be. Think about how, you know, smart contracts and, you know, maybe that's something to talk about too, but think about how contracts could be administered in ways that remove all of this, all of the middlemen, remove all of the bloat and start applying those resources to something else, right? Evolve and, and adapt. You know, even in this transaction, right? You're going from paying 20 to 30% as an employer. And as a freelancer, you're giving up 20 to 30% to yep. Yep. 10% in this model, right? And yep. that 10% comes yep. from the employer and the rest is applied to the token that we were talking about in the first place. So there's kind of this flywheel effect, which is really interesting. And again, it's not in the best interest of middlemen, but middlemen are adaptable. It's, it's bloat, right? It, it's bloat. Yeah. It's, it's not efficient. Yeah. And there's no going back once this change has really been made. So I think it's a case of, especially with these early platforms, right? We're just seeing the early, you know, the first versions, but there's an unspoken first mover advantage. And that's the tier you want to be in is basically, you know, if you were on Upwork early enough and you got to good enough reviews, it's the same thing where it's like, you're always going to float to the top and you can dictate, you know, your prices or, or whatever you have. And in this model, right? So in Upwork, it's kind of capped because let's say you're a, you know, video producer. Yes, you can float to the top if you get there first, but your hourly is going to always be less than, a, let's say $150, right? In this model, the first mover advantage is even bigger because the amount of the token that you have relative to the pool, the number of, of tokens issued is going to be so much larger. So that's why I said before in the old model, you might get, you know, if you do an amazing, if you're a real top performer and you refer a lot of people, you know, you got a nice little bump added to your retirement fund in this model. If it goes right, you can retire on that money. And so that's something to consider. I'm sure we'll be revisiting what is freelancing, but until then, that's all from Mob. That's all from me. And always good chatting with you, dear. Always. Peace, everybody.